Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, I am delighted to have with me Karen Farrell-Rhodes. She is the founder and CEO of Shockingly Different Leadership, a leading professional services firm who is changing the way HR functions scale up during peak period of work. She has worked with global companies and is an author of the book, Lead at the Top of Your Game. Through her research and leadership, she has pinpointed the top seven leadership tactics executed by successful individuals. We'll hear about this and more. Karen, welcome. How are you doing today? Oh, wonderful. Thank you for having me, Stephen. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. You know, just before we started the podcast, we uh, we exchanged where we're located. Yes. Um, do you want to just share for the purposes of our audience, where are you, where are you based? Yeah, sure. I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia, so on the East Coast, but I consider myself a citizen of the world because I feel like uh, I'm back on planes every day <laughs> going to different locations consulting. So, uh, but yeah, based in Atlanta. Awesome. Awesome. So, Karen, we're curious to hear about your, uh, you know, your journey. Where did it all begin? I mean, obviously, leadership is a big thing and you've had a great career. But really yeah. just curious, where, where did it all begin? You know, tell, tell us a little bit more about that and, and what's the intersect with, between your personal and professional journey. Sure, absolutely. Well, I'll just say, um, I, my, by education, I'm an um, industrial organizational psychologist. Um, was absolutely fascinated with uh, psychology. Uh, but realized that I had a love, dual love for both psychology and business, and I didn't want to become a professor or to open up a clinical practice. So I kind of married the two, if you will, and um, found myself in the world of um, human resources. Um, and I was found out early I was interested more in the strategic side of what I call the people side of business, um, more than the more transactional side. So I uh, grew my career. I think I've touched almost every, or worked in almost every function in human resources uh, from employee relations to talent acquisition, to talent development, uh, to organizational development, you name it, I've probably been into it. But uh, most of my, uh, executive levels, part of my career has been in leader development and in um, human resources, managing human resources functions. So uh, that's kind of a, a combination of the two. Uh, my last big role in corporate before I uh, founded uh, my own firm was uh, spent almost 14 years in a variety of roles at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And the last big role was leading up their global high potential leader organization that had about 4,200 individuals at different career stages from around the globe. Yeah, is, is uh, what, what, what were you doing previously with uh, within, you know, these global companies? Um, is it different from what what you're doing now compared to what you're doing previously, or are you bringing all those elements and kind of enabling 
the HR yeah, right. components of it. Yeah. Okay. Go yeah. On. Great question. Um, you know, previously, like um, most of my career, to be honest with you, has been in corporate America. So with Microsoft, AT and T, um, Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, quite a few different um, industries in different roles um, within HR. Um, as I mentioned, on the strategic side, but um, in twenty uh, end of twenty thirteen decided to uh, try to, to hang my own shingle. I uh, started out as a solopreneur. Mm -hmm. um, I have a very, very background, as you've mentioned. And I started out, my, um, I've always been passionate about leadership development and what made the most successful leaders tick and how did they get to be that way. And so I started out as a solopreneur, continuing with the lessons I learned in corporate around high potential leaders. Um, and wanted to kind of make my mark in that realm. Mm -hmm. What I found out though, as I've been working and consulting with clients is they really loved the dynamic background that I had and wanted additional assistance and things I did have experience in um, like HR, I mean, company restructurings and, um, you know, big meaty change management product projects uh, or helping to advise or work with the CHROs in the organization. And so about two years in, uh, we actually expanded our services to incorporate um, all three of those, HR, talent development and organizational effectiveness. Mm. Um, so and then <laughs> had to change the business model as well to also bring on um, employees and consultants to uh, help support uh, the scaled growth we were experiencing yeah. and continue to experience to this day. So been very uh, thankful for how um, the business has grown. Uh, it is not just me. There's a whole team behind <laughs> all yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're you know doing well. Thank yeah. you. So. Um, you know, when we talk about HR um, or the people office or the people function, <laughs> um, have you seen much changes happening over the decades? I mean, like previously, I know with some organizations, you know, you look at an HR function and they think of it as all these soft touchy-feely type of things that's you know that's what uh, what HR does and then yeah. you, you know you mentioned about the transactional side of things in one of the conversations I had with with an HR leader or HR function is you know our function is a personnel function and I'm thinking well you're actually more than a personnel function. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my yeah my, my question here is have you seen much changes in the role of HR um as in from a value adding perspective, um, you know, having a seat at the table type of the type of thing. Yeah, I actually have. Um, when I first started out in HR, we used to have to fight to have a seat at the table um, with the, uh, you know, executives and sweet seat to make decisions. Um, although I believe if you talk to any HR professional or, or executive, they want to bring their expertise to positively impact the business from a strategic side and um, integrate that into the business strategy. Uh, it just took a while to kind of break down the ceilings, glass ceilings to be able to do that. Yeah. And um, it has 
we're still accountable for the meat and potatoes of getting people paid, hiring them into the company, all of that good things. But I have seen over the years, especially now, um, post-pandemic, uh, that business leaders are really struggling with how to reimagine, rethink, um, and reconstruct their businesses to be competitive mm -hmm. in this new world and how to keep employees even more productive and engaged, uh, especially when a lot of them have, are facing the reality of integrating you know, hybrid work now into their business models. And um, so, yes, to answer your question, yes, um, HR has become, uh, has transitioned, in my opinion, from more of the transactional side to being a nice combo of transactional plus strategic. Um, yeah. 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 And, and and leadership is is a big component of that. And um, your your focus these days is primarily around the the wider aspects of leadership. So curious to hear about uh, that and, you know, the top seven leadership tactics that you've <laughs> been uh, that you've been mentioning. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you for allowing yeah. me to share with your audience. Yeah. Well, um, just to give you a little background, a 50,000 foot view, um, actually about two years before the pandemic, um, I had actually commissioned a research study mm -hmm. on um, some of the, you know, some of the high people who were identified as the highest contributing, high achieving, high potential, you name the moniker you want to use within organizations. Um, so we actually studied 10,000 leaders across the globe in a variety of industries and a variety of uh, companies of different sizes. And um, out of that, you know, we were trying to ask the question or solve for the question, what were the top most successful leaders doing mm -hmm. that 95% of the other population weren't. Because mm -hmm. if we could isolate those behaviors um, or tactics, it would be, in our opinion, a great um, piece of work to help inform other companies so that they could help both um, build stronger leaders and stronger leadership pipelines within their organizations while also have helping the to improve employee engagement because employees would be recognized for the things that they would do. So long story short, you fast forward to, we finished it right before the pandemic, believe it or not, the research. And um, I ended up writing the book during the pandemic since we had a little bit of time on our hands, just a little bit. Um, but there, we, there was a long list of behaviors and tactics, um, over 100 that we fleshed out. But what was interesting is there is a clear line of demarcation in the top seven. So the top seven um, do have a, a lot of, um, I'll say, sub-competencies and skill sets that you need to do those. Mm -hmm. But the top seven were the ones that really made a difference. And so I'll just quickly run through them and then, you know, you can go, you know, we can go deep if you'd like, but um, the top seven, and this is not in any particular order, but um, the first tactic was um, those who were leading with uh, intellectual horsepower. Mm -hmm. um, that is all about 
um, using your expertise to kind of spot trends and see what's going on in particular markets and bringing that back to help improve the organization. The second tactic was all about um, leading with courageous agility. And courageous agility is about ha having the courage to stand up and do the right thing um, for the company, business, or their people, even when the future is unclear. So those who are able to lead with courageous agility um, definitely were able to impact their organizations. The third um, tactic was all about leading with um, strategic decision making. Kind of self-explanatory, but it was those leaders who were able to uh, lead a great decision making process and with key stakeholders were those that were most successful within their organizations. The fourth one was all about um, leading with what I'll call intrapreneurship. Mm -hmm. That means, um, you know, uh, really focus on bringing forth and executing ideas to help improve products and services within the organization to help the organization overall or the company overall be more successful. Mm -hmm. So those who had those great ideas and were able to carry them through the resolution or implementation were thought of um, very highly. The fifth um, tactic was all about leading with um, uh, stakeholder savvy. Stakeholder savvy was, um, you know, kind of in the realm of uh, emotional intelligence, uh, understanding all of your uh, stakeholders, having great interpersonal relationships with them, uh, making sure that you're very conscious of different perspectives, perspectives and work styles. That whole interpersonal game, uh, those who were able to conquer that were very successful as well. Um, the sixth tactic was leading with a drive for results. Mm -hmm. uh, that's being very tenacious about uh, completing any kind of big projects or activities. And then the last uh, tactic is leading with executive presence. So those that had the pizzazz and um, composure to be able to deliver either written or oral presentations in a way that could convince others to follow along on the journey, yeah. those were the most successful as well. Okay. So those are the seven that kind of popped out for yeah. us. Amazing, amazing. And they're spot on because when you look at a, a leader in, in any company, at least from my experience and from all the leaders that I speak with, mm -hmm. I mean, those seven dimensions or seven tactics really sit well with a particular leader and how they execute themselves in any situation. That's true. And one's not more important than the other, and you'll exactly. use them all in yeah. any kind of initiative you do. Um, it's just if you have the skill sets in all seven, you'll be able to draw that card and go deep when you need it, right? Um, so yeah, they, they all are equally as important. Yeah. Was there one that popped out for you, one or two? The courageous, uh, stand up with courageous uh, agility. Uh, Agility, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and 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 for me, I learned that. Um, well, I wasn't good at it probably about until about fifteen years ago. Really? And um, you know, thankfully, I also had a coach. Uh, <laughs> initially, a mentor, and then a coach. Nice. And um, you know, I I I, I wouldn't. Um, I'd I'd generally sit quiet, or I wouldn't. I'd 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 always have a, um, you, you know. 
I would say a fixed mindset of of sorts, you know, the way I would approach certain conversations or people and so forth. And things just completely changed when I started getting a little bit more um, aware of myself, but also through my coach and through, uh, you know, the companies that I worked for. Thankfully, I was, uh, uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was working with some great people, great leaders as well. So they encouraged okay. me. Uh, and it makes a big difference, you know, in terms of the... Uh, the environment that you are in um, uh, makes a big difference to actually execute well, uh, which was good, we, you know, so one of my things that I was going to ask was one of the questions I was going to ask was, you know, out of the seven, were there any findings that you received or in your view currently um, where people not excel very well out of the seven? Like, are they like top three, for example, in your view? That people don't generally excel where all they 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 they're like mm. uh that's a great question well remember we studied those who did excel and <laughs> and okay. these so that's what kind of popped out but to your question when we go into organizations and teach these um to uh to groups the ones where people kind of struggle and it kind of de it's it depends upon the individual similar to you you kind of work with your coach and you identified areas that you um you know maybe wanted to evolve you know or improve upon um it's it's kind of based on your your own demeanor but i will say um courageous agility while everyone universally finds that very important yeah sometimes people struggle with when there's pushback so mm -hmm. when there's pushback with executives or their teammates um handling the pushback and the hard conversations seem to be a, a challenge mm -hmm. um, they're okay with standing up initially and sharing their perspective but when there's pushback or conflict or questioning of their positions that's where kind of universally folks find that a little bit challenging and we we work with in our workshops with yeah. how to have those kind of tough and hard conversations yeah. and deciding whether your point that you brought forward you should continue with it as is or if there's any room for emerging of the minds yeah. you know a little bit of what you know people are feedback people are providing you along the lines with what you're trying to achieve so we work through a lot of that um, in our workshops yeah. i will say that and especially for my more introverted individuals um, i'm on over the chart extrovert so mm -hmm. so it's not as, as much as a trouble for me but for my more introverted uh, learners um leading with executive presence sometimes is uh, a bit draining not that they can't and not that they can't excel at it because many of them do um, but it takes a lot of their energy and a lot of thought uh, to get them to the comfort level yeah. to be able to present their ideas in such a manner that will increase followership yeah. so many find coaches to kind of help work with them on that piece but those are the two that kind of pop out yeah um, that people struggle with sometimes yeah yeah i i completely i completely agree and and that executive presence um keen to just hear your you know your elaboration on that one um you know what what's what's your view around best ex you know executive presence so that that a, that a person can exhibit just just top top level yeah top level 
you know, it's hard to put a finger on executive presence, but you know it when you see it, right? Um, but those who do it really, really well, um, they're very prepared. They have a lot of grit. They're very passionate about um, what they're trying to either lead or share or convince or influence um, others um, with. Um, they have a lot of composure. Mm -hmm. And even when there are questions or pushback, um, from their audience, whether it's their uh, team members or maybe it's the executive suite or maybe it's clients. Yeah. Um, they are not rattled. Yeah. They meet people where they are to try to talk through um, critical decision points to convince them that they have done the right research. They know what they're talking about. Um, the individual should trust them enough to bring them along on that journey. And so a lot of executive presence is passion, preparation, and the delivery of your, you know, key points that you're trying to make. Yeah. And I've also found very absolutely. And I've also found that uh, acknowledging constructive feedback in an open setting from whichever you know, you know, level of a leader they are, whether it's an executive or team member and, and being able to, like you mentioned, you know, having that composure to respond. Yes. Acknowledge, uh, demonstrates that, uh, you know, you yourself are actually quite confident about it and you, you may not know the answer to certain things, That's true. Uh, but you're able to actually reframe and acknowledge that. <laughs> that and too, and you know, some of the best leaders I've seen have been absolutely wrong when they were presenting mm -hmm. a point or a situation. And it was so powerful when they got additional data um, mm -hmm. through the discussion when to realize that their positioning wasn't quite correct. Some of the more powerful leaders, to your point, acknowledged it, took it in and said, hey, you know, I think I need another minute or two to kind of go back and research and rethink this. Yeah. I really appreciate everyone's um, feedback and just know I'm taking this seriously yeah. and let's regroup, you know, in two days and let's talk through this again. Yeah. You know, so, you, you don't have to always be right. And most of the times, you know, leaders realize that they're not many times. Yeah. So, Karen, that was really helpful around the, uh, the seven tactics. Um, you're having a lot of conversations with leaders, you know, with, uh, companies of different sizes. What, in your view, are the types of conversations companies need to be having, you know, either at the executive level or at the board level when it comes to leadership? What do they need to be prepared for, in your view? Well, you know, Stephen, gone are the days that people are usually at a company or an organization for 10 plus years, right? Mm -hmm. You have to take advantage of an employee's tenure while you got them there from day one. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the conversations I'm having with, um, especially the C-suite, is how we can empower their organizations to get more out of their employees and more out of their um, the mid-level leaders in a way that both pleases that those employees as well as delights the company. Mm -hmm. And so we go through, we really and truly, I always say that um, SDL is focused, our company's focused on the, the um, people side of business. Yeah. 
And my big mantra to all executives are people initiatives are business initiatives. And since they are business initiatives, we need to take them just as seriously and infuse them and integrate them in everything that you do. When we go through their business plans for the year, I dare them to identify one that doesn't touch on the people agenda in some way, shape or form. And 99% of the time they can't, you know? So um, we try to recommend integrating early on in planning a a dual conversation. And that's why HR definitely should be at the table whoever the lead HR individual is to talk through, okay, well, we have business strategy A, how is this going to impact our people and people strategies? And what do we need to do um, to, you know, back into what we need to accomplish by X date? And having those kind of rich discussions is very important for business planning, business execution, especially during these highly competitive times. Yeah, yeah. Workforce, very important and how it actually impacts the workforce. It does. Absolutely important. Um, Karen, what are some of the dark sides of leadership that uh, that are rarely talked about? <laughs> that leadership is hard as heck, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard. It is. It can be hard. It can be. I won't say it's universally is, but it can be hard. It can be draining. Um, if not handled appropriately, it can impact um, one's physical and mental health as well. Um, I can't tell you how many key executives I have spoken to that, um, because I, you know, I respect the level of confidentiality. I always say these are our four walls, it won't go past me. Um, they, they really struggle. Those who are really doing big things are sometimes struggling mentally and physically and emotionally trying to keep up with the rigor and the demands that true top leadership um, requires. And so making sure that you build into any leader development program or leader care program um, time and space to do what they need to do to be at a hundred percent um is is critical and it doesn't have to be publicized but you know some people need therapists or coaches Mm -hmm. Um, others just need a couple hours of time off for me time just to decompress a bit um some need um an accountability buddy that is outside of the organization um, where their job is not in jeopardy, but they can still share. Mm -hmm. It shows up in different ways for different people, Mm -hmm. Um, but we have a whole program that's all about um, caring for those who are in leader positions and um, helping them stay at the top of their own game. Awesome, awesome. And I know you've just touched on this, but um, if I was a uh, individual or a uh, individual leader or a uh, a business looking to receive your solution or engage with your solution, how would a conversation between you and I sound like? Oh, can you ask the question again? Is you're if, saying if, how to find I, if, me or, or yeah, what? no. If if I was if I was looking to receive some of your support as an uh-huh. individual leader yeah. or as a business. Yes. Uh, how would how would that conversation between you and I sound like initially? 
Oh, initially, I got you. Yeah, so, you know, every company is different. Every leader is different. So our very first conversations would be all about helping um, me or you know, a person on my team, um, if they're assigned to your company, um, better understand the business model itself, um, better understand the actual dynamics that are going on in the organization. Um, I usually ask to um, interview a couple of key people within the organization at different levels and career stages. So those who are you know, newer in their careers, mid-career and executives to kind of get, get a better feel for what is going on in the different respective areas. So uh, there is a whole uh, discovery exercise that we would start with. Yeah. And then out of that, um, we would move towards better understanding what is the true problem you're trying to solve and pulling back the layers of the onion of that to see kind of what is compiled in, in all of that. You know, sometimes people say, well, um, I want to, I don't know, um, I want to implement a, a diversity and inclusion plan. And so we'll say, okay, well, that is a great aspiration, definitely something we can help with, but let help us understand what, what is the problem you're trying to solve? Is it you're trying to, you know, recruit more people of diverse backgrounds and perspectives? Um, is there a business piece that you're missing? How is this truly integrated? You know, we'll just ask some really tough questions to get to make sure we're truly understanding the problem you're trying to solve. And then once we combine the discovery with better understanding the business strategy, then we work with executives like yourself to co-create what that solution will look like. So to be honest with you, there is absolutely not one canned, canned solution that we have at Shockingly Different. Um, we you know, kind of work with people where they are and we try to um, propose something that's gonna really work, that's yeah. realistic. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Karen, we're coming to a close very shortly. Is there sure. any closing messages that you'd like to uh, to share or highlight here? Well, I would just like to say, and it's probably um, you know obvious that um, your your people functions and, and actually people are calling them things differently now because of the 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 whole importance. Um, more organizations are calling them their people learning and culture functions mm -hmm. more than just HR anymore. But it's it's spot on because yeah. it is such a critical component of most organizations. I don't care if you're a five person company or you're a hundred and fifty thousand person company. Um, but for those, um, I know you have a lot of individuals who are entrepreneurs and executives. Um, please make sure to keep a seat for your people function at the table. They are there to help and are more than willing to help. And um, they can honestly advocate for, um, for you know, the highest level of organizational effectiveness you could absolutely imagine and get the, the most out of you and your people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wise words from, uh, from Karen and a challenge to all the leaders there people and culture function, HR function is such a critical, critical area for the business and yeah. for the vision and mission of that business. So Karen, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you, Stephen. Oh, one quick thing. May I give a gift to your listeners really quick? Go for it. 
Okay. If they are curious about, you know, kind of what their own um, leadership tactics are, there's a quick quiz that we have. We have an actual research-based assessment that we have with our programs. But if you're ever curious about which of these tactics have the most influence on you, we call them your leadership triggers, um, we have a free quiz uh, for your listeners if they'd like. They can go to shockinglydifferent.com forward slash trigger, singular, T-R-I-G-G-E-R. -G -G -E that will bring them to the quiz page. And it's literally a one-minute quiz they can take, and they'll get a summary of which of those seven um, has the most influence on them. And sometimes that's very interesting because you'll know uh, how... Um, what aspects people can do to best influence you and bring you aboard their team. So that's kind of uh, maybe interesting to some of your leaders. Amazing. Actually, I'm going to take it. Oh, please do. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, for, for our listeners, definitely we'll get this, uh, we'll get the link uh, up on the, on the site when we, when we publish this as well. So, uh, uh, so stay tuned for that one. Thank you very much, Karen, again, for, uh, for being with us. Thank you for having me, Stephen. It's been a blast. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, all right. Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode where we hear from a fintech innovator and how she is making a difference in that ecosystem. Stay tuned for this. Cheers. Hey, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content, insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from medium-sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine-tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you 
who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable, thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.